at the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eight and a half of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Primus, Norder, New Adventures, Golden Books, Ladybird Books, UK Annuals, Comic Books, Mini Comics, anything and everything you can think with that Masters of the Universe Princess of Power logo on it. I'm Matthew Dooch. I'm here with a shaky Sean Scavarna. How are we doing today, Sean? I'm hiding in my room from my kids. (laughs) absolutely we're not stupid coronavirus we're not gonna get too much into it but yes both of our kids at home so as you notice i'm up in my bedroom right now sean's stuck in his bedroom he might be a little shaky today because he's holding his camera so anarchy is reigning supreme at this point (laughs) but yeah i'm pretty sure like next week the purge begins but we'll see how that works out according to my theories yeah, we got that. We'll be all dressed in leather and spikes to go grocery shopping and giant motorcycles and everything. It'll be awesome. It's my Sunday best. I'm glad I can dress up finally. <laughs> I knew I'd be- look all sweet and dapper. I've been hoarding all that for all these years. <laughs> yeah, when I walk into the grocery store, bring out the gift. <laughs> more, uh, you know. If anybody doesn't know, I actually work in a grocery store, and yes, it's been insane these past few days. That's why it's so nice today that we can take... I took the day off. I've been working like 14-hour shifts for the past week, and today I took the day off. We're going to get a little normalcy here. We're going to get to talk some toys, but... uh, Well, some some comic books, actually. Um, But uh, but yeah, me and and my buddies at work, we keep doing the Who Run Potter Town... Because eventually that's what my grocery store will descend into, obviously. I'll just be like, wee man running bar to town. Yep. And if you get that, ref- I... if you get that reference, uh, <laughs> kudos to you. Because a lot of people weren't getting that reference, sadly enough. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I, I joke to my wife. She's the one that has to keep going in. She's a hotel manager. Yep. And I'm like, okay, get out your, uh, your sheriff's hat mm-hmm. and get all the weaponry you can. Get on that horse. Right out to Carlisle, a half hour from us, <laughs> and we'll get Coral and Judith together, Coral. and all that. It's like it's all Walking Dead. Coral, yep. Coral. <laughs> oh, it's it's crazy times. Yeah, but, it is. But let but let's talk some masters today. So I know this is an issue you were really excited about. So why don't you jump into the the intro for this one? What are we <laughs> What are we talking uh, about today, Sean? All right, so we're talking about the newly released, I can smell it off the printer even though it was digital, yes. 
Uh, <laughs> and I don't uh, have a the, copy to hold up because same thing. I went digital this morning because I said, yeah. I'm, not that I'm necessarily scared of the virus because I have to be out in it anyways because I have to go to work. But I'm just like, I'm not going anywhere today. I don't care. I'm not. I'm just, I'm done. I've been with the public seven mm-hmm. days in a row. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse issue five. And uh, for me, the uh, the end of the last issue had me going, okay, how are they going to tackle the mini comic yep. Alcala old school foundations of the masters of the universe. And you were, and you were pretty pumped. You were pretty pumped for this issue. I was pretty pumped. Yep. And, uh, the, the last page of the last issue had me going, okay, we're getting to the prime universe as they are calling yep. it. And I can't even get my air quotes cause I, my camera prime universe, <laughs> prime, something like that. Uh, prime there. Anyway. Um, and, and I actually did. Let me, let me switch over here because, so yeah, Sean was pumped for this. This is his. Uh, I did actually scan the whole book in because it was just quicker, actually, than like picking and choosing scenes. So we're gonna run through the whole book here on you. Hopefully, YouTube is okay with that. If this episode goes missing, then we'll know they aren't. But uh, <laughs> we got away with it last week with time trouble. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot again here. Uh, which, if you haven't checked that out, go check out Time Trouble because that's an amazing book. But yeah, so yes. so you know, for me. Like I said, th- this universe that we're getting into here is one for me I didn't really even know about till I was older. Like, I started discovering this universe as, like, I was finding back issues. Like, I found that Superman comic uh, at my local comic book shop when I was, like, 10 or 11, somewhere around there. Um, and then, like, the reissues and commemoratives and stuff and finding He-Man.org. That's where I learned about this universe. I didn't know about this universe, per se, growing up. Um, I really didn't have any of the early mini comics, so. But Sean, this is pretty much your your first. This universe. is my happy spot. Yeah, yeah. This is my introduction to Masters for the most part, and uh, I'm not gonna lie. the The preview pages that were released like a week ago, yeah, actually had me grinning from ear to ear because this is my He Man, right? You know, I mean, this to me is like. Uh, I don't mind the Adam turning into He-Man because it's one of the greatest uh, sequences in a filmation cartoon or in any version of Masters for me. But deep down, there is this feeling of He-Man to me is this barbarian on a giant tiger, green and orange tiger, Mm -hmm. that's out there just, you know, making stuff happen. And um, it was nice to see him. I thought Tom Derenick, uh, the artist on this issue... He did a great job of rendering that version of He-Man. Absolutely. And same thing I've been um, saying. I wish they'd done this all along for all the different ones, but you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it felt like and, you were in the mini-comic universe. Yeah, he, he did a really good job of making his style blend with what we were used to seeing with Alcala, in my opinion. Right. Um, and it was cool because it went into He-Man's tribe. We get to see some of the people he cares about. Yeah, let's, we get to see a moment where He-Man actually has some emotional yeah. moments, let's, let's ju- which is let's great, jump too. jump right over there. Let's take a look here. Just you a little bit. I do it. There we are. I'm doing this earlier before you were actually on here, and that's always harder. So give me a second to adjust the windows. See, I left I left the cover off because it's an odd number of pages. If I do, um, 
Right. Yeah. So, and actually, I, I did want to say I, I I did like that cover how they kind of made anti attorney He Man. He almost looked like a negative photo. Like that was a pretty neat uh, uh, rendition. Mm-hmm. This cover was. Yeah. So yeah. So we jump right into the issue here. We uh we open up with you know uh, anti attorney He Man is in this village. And a hut with these two, was it Shaman and, oh, I forget her name. It's a little hard for me to read on there. And this actually, I I, I wish I had a little more time this morning because I wanted to look a lot of this stuff up because they were throwing some stuff out here that I'm like, it sounds like it probably was something in the past, but it doesn't ring a bell. And the the compendium's not showing anything for this shaman. There's a couple shamans in here. We'll give Sean a minute to adjust. <laughs> oh, I'm just... Ah, I don't know. Like I said, I'm having a hard time figuring out my angles here. There we go. There you are. All right. Good. So... So, yes. So, yeah, we... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. We have the tribe, which is... I, I like that we're going back to the tribe, mm-hmm. and I like that we're having that representation. For me, like I said, that was my He-Man to start out with. So, Absolutely. Um, and I, I really – that whole shot right over there with uh, He-Man on Battle Cat, right. that's like I, – I can hear the yeah. original um, – not the He-Man theme song. Right. But the original song from the records, <laughs> the "We Are the Masters of the Universe," I get right. it, uh, it, it them right there yeah, by Sunny and Cher so, for the uh, it, oh, I love the Save the, the World. The, the <laughs> amount of awesome that thing is—that's what they're going to use to get anti-attorney at the end of this. I'm convinced because nothing—that's uh, part of. I, I warned Matt, and I'm going to just say it right now. I'll probably break our f bomb uh, of the. Of the week by doing this episode, because this one for me was like, I'm reading it going, huh? Like, yeah, we'll we'll get get there. there. But yes, this opening, the whole point, this is great. This opening was good. I like this. And I scrolled through those preview pages really fast. Like I saw them, but I didn't read them because I hate spoilers. (laughs) I'm like, oh, Sean posted it. I'm like scrolling real quick. (laughs) So I kind of saw the pictures, but I didn't really like look at them. But then He-Man and Battlecat jumped out and, uh. And I liked I like that, you know, it showed Anti-Eternia He-Man isn't all powerful here, that he may have actually died from the wounds that he sustained in the last issue if the villagers hadn't found him. Um, and, uh, you know, it doesn't really go into why they saved him, but, I mean, I guess you could just assume since he's wearing similar armor to He-Man and everything that, you know, they felt he could be trusted or whatever. But they saved him. They somehow removed the the whole sword and repaired his chest, and so he's good now. And he returns the favor by slaughtering the entire village. And here comes my little boy. What's hey. up, bud? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh, he's a kitty. <laughs> oh. Are you Battle Cat? You want to come here? Come here. Are you making a cameo today? Here. Yes, I am talking to a friend. Can you say hi? Hi. How you doing? (laughs) His name is Matt. Can you say hi, Matt? Hi, Matt. Hey, buddy. How you doing? You enjoying the time off school? Are you having fun today? Uh Yeah. Are you? I battle cat. You're battle cat. I believe it. (laughs) Yeah, you like battle cat. Mm -hmm. Do we like Team Man? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Battle cat. 
Roars. Battle Cat Roars. Absolutely. Yeah, he does. You heard it here first, folks. Battle Cat Roars. <laughs> I like it. And he does that's that. That's great sound yeah, effects for the page that's up right now. <laughs> there we go. You want to help me? What? What? No! As long as we keep him in the room, you can't curse. <laughs> Uh, no, I've done it before mm-hmm. in front of him. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I'm that Roar! Roar. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the to the entertainment yeah. portion of the show yeah. provided by my son. Well, luckily, okay. my kids are busy with schoolwork right now. We got the e-learning, so they're all downstairs tapping away on their Chromebooks. So. Nice. Otherwise, they would be poking around the corner. They've done it before on episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need a minute or you it's wanna... never a no i'm good let's just do this because right. otherwise he's <laughs> he's gonna probably invade anyway plus it'll make this episode funny to me i like it so so we got the village there he slaughters the village um you, you mm-hmm. see a nice nod to procrastinate <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it we're all yeah I know, I know you, you listeners don't get to, to enjoy the liveness so much, but, uh, yes, we do do this pretty much live. It's very much unedited, as this will probably all make it into the final cut here. <laughs> yeah, my son believes he's Battle Cat Incarnate, and, uh, there's days where he's like a little wrecking ball anyway, so. I could be He Man. Yeah. And, could you do, hey. While, while you're here, can you do it? The you want to do by the power of Grayskull? Do it. By the power of Grayskull. Nice. Bye. Have the power. There you go. Awesome. We are training the next generation, right? <laughs> we are, aren't we? And since there you and go. since Little Scavarna brought it up, I do want to talk about that for a second. The fact that this. I can hear everything. No, I am a headphones. I'm talking on. into his it's ear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's nice to finally see Battle Cat. Kill, we have kill. not seen a Battle Cat yet in this entire run. And that's, that's one of the things that, uh, that I think has been missing. Yeah. yeah, I actually didn't realize that until this issue, but yeah, we have not seen a Battle Cat. No, nope, not 2000. You're right. Whoa. No. <laughs> yeah, it was him falling off the bed and me grabbing him and losing him. There you go. Well, this is this is the circus edition. Okay, Hayden, if you're going to be in here, you can't keep doing that. Okay, okay. you have to be quiet. Thank you. <laughs> and climb on me, sure. sure that's okay. fine. That's anyway. fine. Yeah, we have we haven't seen Battle no. Cat. I, I did not realize that until this issue. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they they and we've gone through. You know, I mean, you could say the movie. You know, they didn't have it, but yeah, we've gone through a couple iterations here where. Where he was sorely missing, so it was nice to see him here, and that's a great mini comic pose there. Um, and then yeah, the shock on He Man's yeah. face as he sees the decimated village. I mean, he Anti Turnia didn't even leave a hut standing there; like he burned the entire place. He killed everybody. Um, I'm glad he's mm-hmm. back to being his evilness instead of that weird like I'm gonna hide in like the royal palace and eavesdrop. Yeah, like I'm gonna. I'm going to be crackers. Yeah. Wow. Like, <laughs> this is anti-Eternity He-Man. He goes to a place and, and he just destroys the place. 
clown. I'm sorry. He just goes, did you just say crackers, that clown? <laughs> no, okay. it's a clown. Okay, Hayden, do you want to go out? You want to go see what Evie's doing? Belly. Belly, yeah. This is why we don't record this. <laughs> you want to go? <laughs> do you want to go see your sister? What's she do, Buddy, you have to be quiet, all right? Should have gone downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Hayden's. Enough. Let me do this, please. All right. So yeah. So we see we see the decimated village, and He Man's so pissed off, he just like starts punching the ground. You know, it's yeah, it's showing this this He Man is very much just uh, just a brute, a punch first. You know, ask questions later. He's just he's so overcome with emotion, he's just like destroying everything. Like yep. That takes us. No, I, I like that, and it it has that feeling leading into all this, where it's like. This is a He-Man that ain't going to take crap. Right. He's going to he's going to take care of business. Right. And so then we get to you know I think this is the part you're probably talking about where he's actually shedding some tears. His entire village is wiped out. Um, yep, I like that part. And then that's when Keldor and eighty-seven He-Man show up, and and I like I like this interaction. I like how the same thing. He's pissed off. He starts attacking Keldor right away. He does he doesn't. You know, he's out for blood. He's out for vengeance. Um, yep. I, I like this bit with 87 and Battle Cat because I think it shows, even though we never saw him in the movie, that there was a Battle Cat still in that universe. Because um, mm-hmm. there's that little... They, I think the art here has really hit its point. I mean, we've talked about before where it seemed a little sloppy and everything. But I think this is the point where it's like, okay... Th- and I forget who's doing it for this issue, but... Tom Darren. Tom Darren. All right. Give me one second here. He's driving yep. me nuts. Come on. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so I I like that we're seeing an emotional moment here from him, man. I yeah. like that, you know, his his whole world is taken from him here. And it's like there's it's finally time. There's somebody actually having an emotional moment in this uh, there have been a few here and yeah. there, but it's like this is the first where it really hit He-Man yeah. in that way. And, and this is, I like this that is it heartfelt. shows he's not just a brute. Yeah, it's, it's we feel something for him because we know this He-Man. We've heard about, we've read all mm-hmm. these stories about him. Unlike Tappers, who we don't give a shit about, so that didn't mean mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I like the connection, like you said. I like the connection with eighty-seven and and Battle Cat here. It's there's elements here of just little connecting moments that I think are nice. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, like I I'm not going to lie, like my favorite issue still is issue three. So the fact that, you know, you have this, it's making this issue kind of have a little bit of shine for me in that way, where it's like, here's this this version of He-Man that I always grew up with. Even though filmation was always there, this yeah. has always been like my my base level He Man, and they're giving him some stuff here in the first issue, the first pages of his issue at least. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's 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 great little character, and then even the fact that He Man takes the time to take care of the dead before he yeah. before they go on. You know, they're talking about what they need to do, and they're trying to convince uh, Mini Comic to help them, and. But he's still like, okay, you know, he realized he can trust 87, 
He's still not sure about Keldor because half his fa- he thinks he's an apprentice or an alkalite of Skeletor, which makes perfect sense. I mean, mm-hmm. blue skinned, half a skull face at this point. And I actually, yeah. I actually really like this two face thing that they did with Keldor. It's really growing on me. This whole issue. It's a real neat uh, graphic, and it keeps in that underlying tension of you know, you know, is he Skeletor or is he a good Keldor? Like. What's he going to be, you know? Yeah. So I like the funeral pyre and everything that they do for him. And uh, and the one thing I'm disappointed with is he talks about, you know, consulting, you know, Man-at-Arms, Stratos, and uh, the Sorceress and Tila, but then they don't actually do it. Like, we see, mm-hmm. we see Tila a little later, but we don't actually see any of the other heroic warriors from this time. And he calls them Masters of the Universe, which I'm sure is going to send some people just uh, <laughs> shit crazy, because technically they they should not be Masters of the Universe at this time, you know what I mean? Well, I, I honestly am at the point reading this where if that's the biggest thing that you're having a problem with, you didn't read the issue, then. <laughs> that's just me, like... There's definitely some things in here where I'm like, yeah. really? Like, th- this is the one where I feel like it's the, the straw that broke the camel's back a little <laughs> bit for me. Um, it's not completely done, but, the, it, like, I don't have as much hope with the, the issue six as I thought I would, to be honest. Right. But, uh, but no, I love these little moments with him, and it establishes the, the primalness of him. You know, the funeral pyres, he's, 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 uh, you know, doing this in tribute of his fallen uh, community right. or his friends and family and all that. And I really, I really enjoy that. And there's this, this element to it where it's like, he's telling Keldor, like, go, you know, go F yourself for right now. This is important to me right. that they get buried properly because they were just freaking mass murder. You know, like I, I like that. Exactly. It shows some more heart than you would have expected. Because this this version of He Man is usually painted as he is, I don't want to say a jerk, but he's a jerk. Yeah, he's like a brute jerk. The way that, uh, like, uh, even in the uh, the notes that um, that were unearthed just recently uh, through the Scott Knightlick videos, they had the notes that Don Glute was using when he was writing the mini comics, and it, it was like you know he'll take he'll take any means necessary even if it's underhanded to defeat the foes or right. whatever. And there's this element to that where it's like the fair play thing only came in with filmation. So in that way, this is giving more heart to a character that really probably wouldn't have earned that in the original way he was, you know? And so I kind of dig that. Absolutely. And so then, so then he says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to help you. I'm g- you know, and he, he conjures up the, uh, the battle Ram, as he calls it here, mm-hmm. even though it should be called the Sky Sled, but I know there was... Uh, he might have even called it a Battle Ram in those early mini-comics, so whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. but I love this shot, too, of, like, and he tells uh, Keldor he's got to ride with him because he doesn't trust him. You know, we established mm-hmm. that he has the force field harness, um, so, you know, he can't even attack him if he wanted to, but he'll feed him to Battle Cat if, if he does try to attack him. <laughs> Like I, I, I like I'm that. pumped through this. Like this is, and then like the shot here of Battle Cat leaping off and eighty-seven on the on the. I'm still calling it the sky yeah. sled with uh yeah. with the cape flowing. Like that's an awesome. That's an awesome sequence right there. That is. So, 
So here's a question for yeah. you. You not growing up with this version and you growing up more filmation minded. Yeah. What what did it sounds like you're getting into this take on He-Man somewhat. You're you're at least enjoying I, I've always, this window into I've it always enjoyed a little more than it. I thought. I've always enjoyed mm-hmm. those early mini comics. I've enjoyed that. Well, like we did the DC comics, which were a little more blended. We did the one issue so far. Yeah. I've always enjoyed it. But if I have, if they're like, Matt, what do you want to see out of a new He-Man? This isn't necessarily what I want to see, but I can still enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So, okay. You know, it's, it, go, it goes a little both ways. But yes, I, I've been, I, I'll say it right now, actually, overall, I enjoyed this comic. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think actually, I think what we're seeing here is I think this is the New Adventures comic, but flipped. Whereas you enjoyed the New Adventures comic because you didn't know much about it, and I didn't like it because uh. they disrespected the source, I think we're going to see our positions flipped here as we go through this because you're, you have so much more stock in this universe than I do. So I'm a little mm. more forgiving. And like I said, there's some stuff coming up here where I'm kind of like, is that original? Is that from something? Or did they just make it up here? And so... I'll be honest. I'm not going to go and say legit what it is here. To it, Like, I know there's people that know way more than I do. Right. The thing that's coming up here, though, this made me smile because we don't get to see a window into this right. version of it too often. So, and I could be wrong. Maybe they did it somewhere where I'm not aware of, but this was just a nice, hey, you know, this is, this is really what the place would have been, you right. know? And I kind of dig that aspect of it quite a lot. That's probably this, the beginning and this part are the parts that I really was like, oh, this is, it, it's like you're feeding my soul. Right. Give me, give me some more of this, you know, this is good. But yeah. But yeah, I love that. So I love that panel. And he, man, I did. I did think now I pulled it up on my phone so I can actually read some of this as we're going along. But yeah, he goes, come vengeance awaits. And they ride off on battle cat. And it's like, that's, that's epic. Um, that's how it's done, right? They come vengeance awaits. You know? I wasn't too impressed with the Skeletor visually though. I think they could have gone a little more Alcala on him. That was, it's kind of a weird amalgamation of like Alcala and filmation. It's, it's weird, but well, uh, one one thing I'll say really quick since you brought that up is the art in this one for me and and uh, I am uh, I do like Tom Derenick stuff I've seen him on plenty things not just He Man related mm-hmm. I always feel he is a craftsman he's a really good storyteller he's a really good uh, visually he he draws some dynamic poses some dynamic uh, anatomy and, and figures. Uh, but this issue, you can tell it probably was something where he's like, oh, God, I got to jump right into the next one and I don't have a breath. Right. Because there's definitely moments in this where I, I was looking at it going, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more or I was hoping for a little more something. There's there's moments here I felt like he, he probably had to rush it no matter what. Right. And Skeletor's face is one of those things. We're going to see a power sword later on that made me cringe. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt bad even saying that because, again, as an artist, I, I understand. Yeah. I've been rushed myself. But there's moments in this where I'm like, you guys really didn't you, – you really were rushing a deadline yeah. or something on and this I, issue. And it made me feel kind of bad. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute because uh, I know it's the same thing. 
But for right now, we've got Skeletor, you know, being his mini-comic self. He's spying on them. They're racing uh, to try and get to to where... to. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, He-Man had hit half of the power sword in his village, which seems like a really stupid place to hide it. Um, yeah, yeah and, there's that too. And so Anti-Attorney has one half of the power sword from this universe, because as everyone knows, in this first universe, there were two halves. You combined them, and then you could enter Castle Grayskull. And... Uh, and so now he's going to find the second half, uh, which He-Man had also hid, so luckily he knows where it is, so they're heading there. Um, I like this, like, down ship or whatever it is here. It was very um, very Horde-like to me, like one of their big warships. I don't know if that was intentional or just uh, uh, just kind of what happened, but they pass these down, this down ship, and then he starts filling them in about the, the great wars that ravaged this Eternia. Mm-hmm. And this this was a fun little part that they told in flashback. He's telling uh, many comic emails telling Keldor as they're running, and, and like Sean said, this is where we get a glimpse. I don't even. I want to say they didn't even show this in the original mini comics. Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. I know they talked about the civilization before the Great Wars, but I don't think they ever like had a glimpse into it. it that's why I'm saying I'm pretty sure. Uh, that we've never really seen a glimpse into this aspect of the history of Eternia. The closest thing I could think of is like the power of Grayskull episode on MYP, because that's like the council of elders. Is yeah. There, you know, and th- it's like, that's that. And, and like I said, with how much storybook wise and comic book wise that has been done with this franchise and this brand, there could be something out there where I don't right. know, but I have yet to find it. This was my first, window into the concept of this is what Eternia was meant to be before the Great War. And it made me smile just going like in my head as a kid, I've always wondered what that society was like. Yeah. And at least here's a take on it. It doesn't have to be legit. This is my canon, but I just enjoyed that. Hey, we're getting to see a little window into that. Yeah. It's, it's uh, because even, even, you know, powers of Grayskull, like that's, like, none of those glimpses into the past we've seen in Filmation or MYP or anything really follow into this storyline. Because this storyline is so different. It's, uh, like, like He-Man says here, it was, it was a, a peaceful, perfect heaven. Like, they created this utopia, technologically, you know, advanced. Everything was great. You see the pictures there where they're wearing, you know, He-Man harnesses and Stratos's flight gear and they got Zodak helmets and, and the whole point of this early mini-comic Eternia was that they had this perfect utopia. There were great wars that destroyed it. And basically, the world that He-Man took place in was like a post-apocalyptic wasteland where everything they had was built off the ruins of all this great technology that used to exist. Yeah. So yeah, it was really cool seeing like a, a fleet of Talon fighters and Sky Sleds and you know everybody dressed up there in the past. I, I like this image. It's fun. Yeah. I think my only thing with the image was it, it was weird to see so many talent fighters because for some reason I always equated the talent fighter as a singular vehicle yeah, in that now, way. Now that you mention it, I think they even said that in the early the early uh, books and comics that even... Here we go. Talent fighter. Uh, DC mini comics.
Yeah, it doesn't really. The character guide and world compendium doesn't really say one way or another. So, hmm. I mean, you you could believe that's the only one left after all these years. It doesn't really. I guess. It doesn't really yeah. uh, contradict anything necessarily, but yeah, I I agree. It's a little weird. Uh, mm-hmm. And then here's the part. This next page here is where this is where I was kind of like, wait, is that? Because I always thought the Great Wars were just uh, were just like infighting or whatever, just a war, you know, that ended up in the apocalypse. But here it's saying that there were these dark gods of destruction that were angry that, you know, Eternia had relied so much on technology and rose up from hell in rebellion. Uh, they struck mercilessly, devastation followed, and the battle between dark god and man raged for millennia. I, I That's the first time I've heard that, that there were actually, like, these gods that came and were were fighting the Eternians. Well, I'll I'll be honest, and this is complete fan fiction, yeah. so it doesn't amount to anything here. But you've shared. You're mean. <laughs> I'm mean, apparently. Um, uh, I you shared some of yours in in the past. I'll share some of mine Absolutely. here. Absolutely. In my take on um, the way when I was trying to think of like, okay, if I started from the ground zero to do like, let's mix mini comics with 2000x and start an actual storyline with that. I actually wanted to do it where, uh, because of Keldor getting taken by the dark side of magic. Mm -hmm. You also had Hordak who had the mystical abilities as well and all this kind of stuff. And the idea that magic scared people who couldn't use it because it was an, it was something where you had to rely on the trust of people who had the way to access it and harness it and use it. Randor shut Eternos down mm-hmm. from using magic. He took away all magic users. Right. And it was the idea behind that of, you know, I lost my half brother to this right. and I lost this and that to this. So we're going to rely on technology to make our world better because we can control technology. We can, we can make sense of this. Right. And, the idea of Adam then using the power of Grayskull is like completely going against his father's wishes, but it's what is needed to counter what's happening. Absolutely. And in this case, I'm like, well, crap, that sounds almost like what I was trying to do the way they're talking about it. But I, I never equated it that that way either. I always thought of it as there were factions going against each other on the, the primal Eternia and through how, horrible and horrific this war was that they had to do it went to the point where it it actually ripped the fabric of time and space and and like that's how skeletor just passed through into another dimension and all that stuff and it like the the kind of weapons that they were harnessing were these huge war machines that had that potential and maybe one side was like, we're going to we're going to banish you off of our planet because you there's no other way around this. We're going to eradicate you by not killing you, but you're going to get the heck away from us. And so I always equated it to more of that where it was a bigger thing than here's these right. dark gods and stuff like that. I, yeah. I always viewed that as something like that was something that was probably in the background while all this was going on. And these gods were looking at these mortals doing this. And probably just laughing at them. Right. Like, look at how they're fighting amongst themselves or whatever. 
Yeah, and that's how I always took it too. It's just a bunch of like tribes or whatever cities, you know. It just and, and it just you, you crazy fools, you blew it all up, you know. It's exactly it's yeah. so. But I know, I know in the early the Mark Taylor concepts, and he's talked about this before that he had the same idea, you know. Like basically, and if you look at the early stuff, like all the magic users were evil to start with, so magic was like the evil side of things. Um, so, but mm-hmm. that's what I was curious about if they're, if they're just like going off of all that, the Mark Taylor talks and, you know, the little hints here and there and just made it into this, or if they actually had some insider info that made them go, yeah, this is it, you know? So. And that's, that's the hardest part for me is, you know, it was Tim Seeley just drawing on this from, this is how he always wanted to see it. Right. Or was this the way that it was intended right. through Don Glutz? nodes through mark taylor right and i mean there's no i'm not gonna say this is the wrong way to do it or the right way yeah. it's it's a take on right. you know and i i kind of dig that and to be honest here we are again the fifth issue of this mm-hmm. and here we are opening up the potential of well here is a way that you can go into all that right. now and just like in 2000x <laughs> we we right. we spitballed what could happen with just right. that premise and, uh, you know, looking at this, I'm like, I would actually like to read a book like that where we're talking about here's the beginnings of why the Great War began. Right. And it, it, it reminds me of like uh, in a shorthand term, mm-hmm. Krypton. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like the idea of a Krypton and and, you know, you have these factions, some of which are willing to kill their planet because they know this is the way it should be or whatever. Exactly. And General Zod being who he was and. But that they're, uh, but instead know. of you know leaving the planet and the whole place, it's it's what do the survivors do afterwards? Generations yes. afterwards, what are they what are they going to do? How are they going to rebuild? You know that was always the point to me of these early mini comics. It's it's how are they gonna they're gonna take their homeland back after all these great mm-hmm. wars, after all the devastation? Who will rule? Who will become king of Castle Grayskull? It's a it's an intriguing story. I'm not gonna lie. It, mm-hmm. it has. It's a very worthy story. Um, like I said, just not my my number one version of He Man. That's all. Well, and, and the other thing about that story that I like is that would make this version of He Man be the version he is. Right. And I I enjoy that from a whole different perspective because, like, as a kid, I know in the mini comics there's these moments where he's he's like sarcastic with Man at Arms, like what brings the great Man at Arms to my humble home tonight and all that kind of stuff. Right. And it's like you can see why he'd be that way though in this version, and, and I, I kind of dig that. And, and yet there's this sense of honor and this sense of you know like loyalty to his tribe at right. least and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, and. uh and so here, so so uh, he yeah, mini comic he man is taking them to where he hid the other half of the power sword, a place called the Bleeding Scar. And I did look this up, and it's got no entry either. So here again, I don't know if this was actually a thing. It doesn't ring any bells with me. It sounds like a really, really, really crappy bar. <laughs> the Bleeding Scar. <laughs> That's what I thought when I first. Read. I'm like. It's kind of cool, yeah. the, the the idea of it, because yeah. of what it was for the planet. But when you hear it, it's almost like, oh, this is like the really bad bar where you might as well get a couple of hepatitis in- injections before you walk through the door. Yeah, and, yeah um, it says it's a, uh, hang on, let me find the, the quote here. It's a result of the, I don't know, there was something about the... Uh, 
there it was. Yeah, is it something about like the, all the dark magic seeped into the earth and left these these areas around Eternia where there there is uh here we go wounds in the world seeped with black magic mm-hmm. and accursive art cur- accursed artifacts. So just like these whole areas that are just like hell on earth, um and. And yeah. he left it here, which is just a giant, like, open lava pool. Um, and, and this is yeah, where, they, this is where it started getting a little weird with me with the power swords. Because the power swords are drawn very, very oddly throughout these, throughout this issue. Yeah. And when I first saw this one, I couldn't tell if that, which one's his, which one's that. Um, in a minute here, once he gets, like, the purple half of the power sword, like, it looks like it's still colored gray, like the gray half, and, you know, like, I don't know. It got weird here with well, the power swords. Yeah, this this middle panel right here is the one where I looked at it, and I'm like, please don't tell me this is how they're going to look, because it really, like, if I draw this version of the power sword, this looks like the first pass I do before I tighten it yeah. up, and it just felt really off um and i yeah the whole thing with the 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 way that the power sword thing has even been done throughout this whole thing has been confusing to me on on a visual level so it's like it doesn't surprise me that this part got jumbled but i don't know there this is the beginning of where i started getting angry though (laughs) right here it was like it was like okay so how did he know this was where he needed to go number one and then number two Really? He got to this point already, you yeah. know, like, uh, and, and uh, was there something I missed where they said this is where he had to go or he just found it already, well, if, you know, and that's, oh. the one, the <laughs> one thing I'll give him here. And again, I don't know if this is just my mind, but I thought if you had one half of the power sword, it like helped you. It helped you lead, it helped to, the, lead to the other, lead you to the other. Wasn't that a thing in the. <sighs> I'm trying to remember if that was actually And the fact that you finished that sentence for me makes me feel like... Like, I'll give them that. I'll give them even... Because Anti-Attorney He-Man has always kind of had a nose even, if you want to say, for, like, where he needs to go. So... Yeah, I guess. I'll give him that, that he can lock in on there. Here's my thing. In every other universe we've gone to, he has had to get the power sword. And that destroys Grayskull, he sucks all the power out. Mm-hmm. Here, he's got to get the two power swords, and then he's got to go to Grayskull. So why is it different? Again, here, why is it different here? That's my biggest thing, is why is it different here? That's been my whole thing throughout this whole series so far, is is whenever they, like, change these things up. And, and for me, like, even this doesn't make any sense, because it says in the narration here that he already combined the Filmation sword with his earlier... And so, but now he waits till he gets here. So you're thinking like, okay, he's got to combine the two halves first. But for, before he goes and gets the second half, he combines the first half with his Hellskull sword. Yeah. So why did he even wait that long? Why didn't he just do that, you know, an hour ago back when he was at the village? It's it's those kind of things that my mind can't ratify. It's like, is it the power sword he's after or is it Grayskull? Which is it? Because before all he's needed is the power sword. And and really, if you if you um, want to say he needed the the complete power sword to get in the hell to, to get into this gray skull, then he shouldn't be combining them yet. He should have to combine them and go open Castle Gray Skull. You know, so 
I see. Here's where I gave it a pass. I looked at it as as long as he had both power swords in his possession. Okay. That's what mattered right. because it, you'll see later on, and I'm I mean you've already read it, but yeah. the viewers will see later on. It still follows that logic where Tila is waiting and she's the keeper of Grayskull and right. everything, and then it turns into. Um, Oh my god, Kitty. everybody's bombarding me right now. Uh, it, and then it turns to the whole, um, you know, you open Grayskull because yeah. you found both both uh, swords. Right. Therefore, you know, and now I got crying kids. All right. All right, hang on. I got... Uh, okay, we were talking about the power swords. I just wanted to say I didn't get to finish that. Yeah. So I took it that in order for him to get into this version of Grayskull, now the Prime Universe Grayskull, he had to have both swords no matter if he had the other one. So if he had both swords and he's collected them into his sword, that was the key to get into this one okay. because it followed the traditional mini-comic yeah. rules. And so I gave it a pass on that right. one. I guess in my head it was just like, well, he's already got a full power sword, so he should be able to, if he needs to get into Grayskull, he should be able to open it right away, but, you know. But yeah, I'll give it a pass on that. It was just one of those things <laughs> where it was like, but yeah, the slot... Well, I, I, think of it this way. This this Grayskull needs both of those swords to get into. Both of those swords. And even though he has yeah. both of those swords, right. I that's the way I equated it, and I gave it the pass, because he has all these other ones, but the... Like filmation, he man, it would be you know by the power of Grey Skull, I command the jawbridge open. open. There's all the different, yeah, exactly, and so there's all these different incarnations or different iterations of how that works. But in this one, it's you need both halves, and then it goes into the lock. Right. Boom, you know, you open the drawbridge yeah. or the jawbridge. Then. And so, so even even though they're in his hell sword, it still works. Okay. Yes, yeah, that's get, that's my and I'll give it a pass, pass there too. To me, though, I I think and I think they missed an opportunity where we could have seen seen him dual wielding with his hell sword and the the combined power sword, which would have been pretty mm-hmm. cool. But so yeah, so he he combines that. He sets off across the lava here to get the the purple, the dark half of the power sword, and uh, and then he's stopped by He Man. Oh no, wait, that's not He Man. <laughs> uh, so then we get Skeletor, Merman, and Beastman showing up, looking all sorts of badass. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, Skeletor's basically saying, you know, hey, you know, this is my world. I'm going to conquer it, not you. He, you know, he doesn't even care who he is. Um, sorry, I'm trying to get caught up on my phone too. Uh yeah. So, so then we get a nice uh, fight scene between Anti-Eternity, He-Man, and Beast-Man, and Merman. He just, he flips Merman right into the lava, and yeah, he, he beats Beast-Man down. And I will say, there's a lot of great action in this. I, I love this fight coming up here with uh, with the evil warriors, and then when He-Man, the He-Man and Keldor show up. This is, well, this I... is, like we said last issue, this is what's been missing from the series all along, is them really making him anti He-Man work for it. I mean, uh, the, there's a moment here that it reminds me of like 
the the easiest way I could go to it was it reminds me of Return of the Jedi where the Ewoks end up in that explosion. The one gets back up and the other one doesn't. Yeah. And then he's like he's like you know like pulling on his friend, but the friend doesn't respond. Yeah. So like Skeletor's there yeah. and you know Beast Man went up against Anti Turtle Hime like get up again. Yeah. Beast Man, you know it's like that's. That's pretty dark, yeah. you know, the fact that he took took out Beast Man that way, man. Right. Yeah, he took, well, shoot Merman into the lava. He's no, just like, no, Well, there's like, that, too. There's, like but, he's but the fact that Skeletor had that moment to actually recognize Beast Man probably was no longer, right. that, that really got me for some reason. Yeah, after all, the, after all these battles, after all this eternal war, and now he's just like... There's some real loss in this issue. Yeah. Um, I, I never meant to call you a boob. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I like this. I did like the Skeletor throughout it. I thought they did a good job with him. Um, but yeah, we, so then, uh, ju- you know, and even here we get a little bit, little bit of He-Man, he, anti-Eternia He-Man, almost sounding a little bit like a He-Man here. Like he's, he's saying he's tired of Skeletors. They will not threaten any more universes. And, and, uh, it was it's uh, it was an interesting moment with him. I don't know. There's just it's mm-hmm. like are we seeing a little bit of humanity under all that black skin after all this time, um, or are you just tired of dealing with him? You can read it either way. But then uh, He Man and Battle Cat show up, and this is where it gets it got intense for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you got them going, yeah, like this, going toe to toe. Battle Cat just chowing into biting his shoulder and everything, and. Uh, some great dialogue between them. Um, yeah, like He Man just uppercutting them, and yeah, yeah, and so and so you get you know He Man's uh, mini comic He Man's. I gotta stop saying just He Man because no one's gonna be able to follow my train of thought here. <laughs> uh, so many, it's confusing. Mini comic He Man here is like is like uh, you know. Oh, because right away, Anti-Eternia takes out Battle Cat. Like, he's done. He's Anti-Eternia is so close to the Power Prime in this. Like, he's taken no prisoners. He is, I mean, he, he kills Battle Cat right off the bat and th- chucks him at at 87 He-Man. And so then he, Minicomic and Anti-Eternia come up against each other in here. And he's just, you, you murdered my people, broke my loyal steed. You are not worthy to wear the Force Harness of the Sorceress. You are not worthy to bear my name. And he just, this is what I was waiting for last issue with Filmation. Mm-hmm. And he just goes at him with all yeah. his strength, all his power, this Krathum. I mean, for all the sloppy power swords in this issue, you get these awesome panels where you can just feel the, you can feel uh, many comics, you know, anger and desperation and revenge. And you can feel the pain in Anti-Eternia face as he's getting knocked across the land here. Yeah. I mean, this is all insane. Um, and then we got the, so you got a couple pages. The one thing I, I, and I know here again, you're feeling the weight of this story, but this issue could have used like a double page fighting spread. Like Mm -hmm. that's the one thing I'll say was probably missing from this. Um, and then the next page is just is just a mini comic and anti Eternia just going at it, uh, and unfortunately for some reason anti Eternia He Man knows how that force field harness works and he turns it off and kills mini comic He Man. Um, yeah, 
<laughs> which is sad. And I'm I'm more sad about this than I am about Tappers, and we followed him for way too goddamn many issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's that's part of my issue with it. It's like you know, this is the version of He-Man I thought was going to be toe to toe with him, and he was, and not only and not just have two pages. Yeah, you know, yeah. like eighty-seven at least went toe to toe, and now this version and. I don't know. I I, I kind of felt like because his stuff wasn't drawn from Grayskull, yeah, it was gonna be a little more of a knockdown dragout between the two of them. And instead, you know, I, and this is where this is the issue where I'm finally like I'm tired of this anti-attorney man, <laughs> and I never thought I'd say that, right. but I'm just tired because he has all the answers to every damn thing lately, right. and I'm like. No, I want him to actually have some moments, and instead they just keep on, well, he knows this. Mm -hmm. Boop, he touches the tech vest. It's like, really? Yeah. Really? We're going to, uh. Well, so. uh, You know, devil's advocate here. And, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong. I never say anybody's wrong. But I like that they, because I think that they were toe-to-toe physically. You see that here. If anything, many comic He-Man has more strength than him. But to me, they found a way to use that or to use the mini comic stuff against itself. Like, okay, so he is stronger than anti-attorney He-Man that's shown here, mm-hmm. but he relies on the force field harness to protect him. Other than that, he's a mortal man. Remember, because he just he left the jungle, he got the the armor and the weapons from the sorceress goddess. They they continue to call her sorceress here. And so he was just a man, a very strong man, using the technology. That that was mm-hmm. the early mini comics. So for Anti-Eternia to turn that on him and by disabling the force field, that's how he's able to gain the upper hand. This was the one where I'm like, okay, he earned the win. You know? That just but that's just my personal opinion. Whereas like New Adventures <laughs> He Man, like that would just that would just kill him just to kill him. Like he did not earn yeah. that win. Um, yeah, and I mean it makes sense. And that here here's the thing that kills me though is that there actually has been people going, well, what are those squares on the on his harness right. for all this time? And now like they they just basically said, yeah, those are the things that he uses to make the vest work right. or whatever. And there's this element of that where I'm like, and this is the moment where we find this out. Thank you. Right. You know, <laughs> like that just bugged the crap out of me too for some reason. Was that was that not? I don't know. Was that not, or maybe it never said in the early mini comics? I don't know. That, I don't think it was ever said. Uh, it it, they always makes, said there was two harnesses. It, yeah, it was two harnesses in the first one. He had to switch. He had to choose his strength, his enhanced strength, or his force field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense. There's not much else on unless you just say it's always on. Which then we get into the problem. Like I've said, I hate that that. Then you've got an overpowered He-Man where he's, you know, it's almost a filmation issue where it's like, okay, if it's always on, then then no one can ever beat him, you know? Mm-hmm. As far as, like, the length of, once again, we're feeling the time constraints. Like I said, they should have oh, yeah. spent two issues in here, and this issue should have just been the battle. Um, Again, it's, it's kind of one of those edited down for time things, I think, um where they're trying to show anti-Eternia He-Man earn it, but they just don't have the panels. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look through this whole book, every one of these pages has these six, nine, eight, you know, panel pages. There's no, uh, there's no single page spreads. There's definitely no double page spreads. I mean, yeah. 
they they are crunched for space here. Um, so then we come up with, uh, you know, Keldor and Anti-Eternia going after each other. And, and they, you know, and they explain again a little bit more in depth about, about his, their world. And I keep forgetting it, honestly. I know th- that they come from the same world. You kind of forget that as this goes on. Um, so it's nice to have the refresher there. It's, uh, you know, it talking about how, how you, you, there, maybe that's later. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, I think that is a little later. Yeah, here Anti-Eternia He-Man just gets gets the power sword and he takes off to Grayskull. Um, and the Cosmic Key was damaged in the fight so they can't even follow him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they have to make a deal with the mini-comic Skeletor here who's the only survivor of this battle at the Bleeding Scar. Um, and I like this too. I think it, I think it harkened back to more of the early Texera ones. You know, you get the vibe of He-Man and Skeletor teaming up against Trapjaw. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. He's like, you know, he's like, this guy's going to destroy all the universe. He's he's crazy. Like, <laughs> when when Skeletor is the sane one in the equation, you're in trouble. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, 87, he's got his doubts uh, about it, but it, it's the only way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and so and so they they head off to Grayskull, everybody does. There we go. Um, and I've always liked this Grayskull. It's very, it's very creepy. It's very evocative. It, it I'm sure it takes you back. <laughs> oh it, yeah, I like the fact Tom Derenick really captured that mini comic Grayskull, mm-hmm. the Alcala one, and uh, and, and you know, I like this whole thing. The lead up, there's that you know, he he looks like a silhouette. Yeah, opening the jaw bridge, and mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere, it's like, oh crap! It's you know, yeah. like he's He's now in control, and this is what the castle is going to do against anybody he considers is not right. in power of it. And I kind of dig that. It's like the whole all hell breaks loose the minute he shows up in here, right. and it's a, and I, I like this uh, this sequence where it's like Teal is in trouble, and then boom, you got you got eighty seven and Keldor showed up. It's like that. That's a cool little rescue moment they did there. Oh to yeah. Be and I like that. And I think that was, I think that came from the mini comics where Tila became kind of the guardian of it here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was disappointed that we didn't see the sorceress slash goddess anywhere in here, but, uh, but this is fun. And, and it's like, we've seen Skeletor when he would capture Grayskull in the early mini comics, he was able to turn all the traps and everything on the heroes. It was very much a, whoever holds the power sword, you know, and so yeah, this this fight through Castle Grayskull trying to get there and all these ghosts and goblins and everything attacking is is a great sequence. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a fan uh like I like that version of Grayskull too. And that's the other thing like Grayskull to me and the in the originals were was like this haunted area. Right. I got I got another uh yeah. I got my buddy back with me. What's up, buddy? Um so he, it was this haunted looking castle, right. and I really dug the fact that they they dug into that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we get down to the, and, oh yeah, and real quick here, I love what they did with the narration in this. Instead of using the typical text blocks, they went with that that early mini comic scroll uh, look there. Mm-hmm. That's a nice touch. 
I even like the way that they have the, t- the bubbles for the spirit of Grace. Oh, yeah. There. This is awesome here with the spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the He-Man of Anti-Eternia made his way down into the darkest bowels of the ancient fortress. Uh, with each step, he could feel the powers of Grayskull trapped within his black blade surge with familiarity. They were coming home. Yeah. Returning to the womb that birthed them. So, yeah, it's... And then you get the spirit of Grayskull, uh, that white skull image. Um, Which is also part of our logo. It is! <laughs> And so does that mean we made a cameo in this we, issue? We're here. That is Legends of Grayskull. That's actually my voiceover work right there. There you go. Blue yeah. Bubbles. But yeah, they do those weird swirly bubbles there. And just this whole thing here. I think I'm going to read this here, if you don't mind. Uh, it is. It was inevitable, I suppose. The dark gods would be unhappy, contained at the bottom of the mini-cosm. That they, unable to create, could only copy, pervert, and corrupt... That the most powerful man in the universe should seek to spread his poison like the in, like an infection that travels through the veins to the heart. So basically what you know what we're finally getting here is is you know, they get did hints. But so basically whatever happened to him in Castle Hellskull back on Anti Eternia, basically it was it's tying it into these dark gods that are buried deep in within the heart of this mini comic Eternia. And they corrupted him, and they want him to, you know, to destroy everything, basically. And he does that. Mm-hmm. He kills the spirit of Grayskull here. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. I don't know what else to say, but yeah, other than. Yeah. I, I feel like pulling the uh, inconceivable, you know, <laughs> in that way, but. Um, and I, I still, I, I still don't get what the point of it is. So he kills the spirit of Grayskull. Like you kind of, it's been these little tidbits all throughout where you're kind of getting, but we still don't know his full mission, which still bugs me that we're on issue five and we don't really know what he's after, other than this vague destroy or whatever, you know, spread yeah. the anti-truth or whatever. But, but so far, this whole goal has apparently been to kill this prime universe spirit of Grayskull. And he well, succeeds here. Yeah, and that's that's the whole thing about, you know, if this would have been 8, 10, yeah. 12 issues, which I'm sure there's people out there going, please don't make it any longer <laughs> than it is. But there's a part of me that's like, there's a lot of questions that both you and I and other people have brought up where I'm like, you know, the story of this is almost broad strokes. And it's yes. to the point where I feel... It needs to have some detail. It needs to have a little more depth to it than just he's going around collecting power swords. Why? Because he wants the power. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? And, right. and uh, his whole his whole take on what that means. If he is the anti everything, then why does he want the power of the positive everything? Right. You know, uh, what to, to diminish it so that the anti is now the positive? You know, like right. is it to flip the script as they say? And that for me is like I don't. I don't understand any of that. And also in his case, if he's being either manipulated, controlled or whatever by this anti power, mm-hmm. it almost feels like it should be similar to the way they played it in 2000 X where Hordak reaches out yeah. to Skeletor and he's like, you're going to find a way to get me out of Despondos. And he, he does that to him multiple times, right. which makes me go, well then who's his Hordak? Right. There should be like a Hordak figure 
that's the anti version controlling him and making him do this stuff. And it's like, who is that supposed and, to be? And, and if that ends up being like a giant reveal in issue yeah. six, I'm going to be like, really? And maybe that's why you didn't they, build any of that. Maybe that's why they showed those dark gods earlier. Maybe it's them pulling the strings, like you said. I, but it's just, it's like, we have one issue left. It's too late to still have these questions. Like the, the, the purpose should be clear by now. In any good story about your halfway point, you know what the villain's after. You know, I don't like stories that save everything for everything's a big reveal at the end. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, piece it out little by little, but this is too long considering how it is. If it was a 12 issue series and we're just learning this in issue six, great, you're right on time. Um, but honestly, for the people who are saying, well, if they made it longer, don't let it drag out more. I think if they made it longer, it would have been a better story that we were all happy with. Because there are yeah. a lot of good story beats in here. They're just getting lost because it's rushed. Yeah, and and I don't know. Like it's this this story to me is almost the equivalent of a Masters of the Universe video game. Yeah, like it, there there is a big boss. Mm-hmm. It's anti attorney He Man. Beyond that. There's not really a huge goal other than don't let him get the power source. Right. Don't let him get into Grey Skull. Well, that's what they always do with every <laughs> villain in Masters of the Universe. He's no different than all the other iterations of Skeletor right. or Hordak or who King Hiss. It's they're all wanting the the power of Grey Skull. Mm-hmm. So there's an element of it where I'm like, well, what makes him different? Oh, it's He Man. Doesn't yeah. matter, you know. Like it, 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 it it's like. I feel like in Skeletor's case, you already know what his reason is behind that. Right. So, and most people are like, "That's that works." Okay, Skeletor wants to get in; he's going to do it, and he's going to be evil or whatever. In this case, it's like it feels like there's so many question marks on what this is to him, and, and what what this means to Anti Attorney. He he's so worried about, oh, I'm going to bring about the truth. I'm going to show you all what I see, and it's going to show you. That you know, this is what it means to have power or whatever. It's like, right? Um, you're not showing me anything <laughs> other than you're jumping level to level mm-hmm. each issue. You're grabbing stuff and you're running with it, and then you go to the next level. I don't know any more of your motivation exactly. than what I knew in episode or issue one. And every time I see you going up against another He-Man, nine out of ten times, I know you're going to win because they're just making you into this. Yep. It's almost like Roadrunner and Coyote thing, yeah. and that's what's driving me crazy, and that's why I was ready to say the F-bomb about it. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm so tired of this character because it's like he he is the version – like I was saying when I originally found out about this character, the idea of him that gave me the creeps was he would be this version of like – he'd be like the Michael Myers of Masters of the Universe. He would be this right. force that's always driven to get things. Right. He would be always after – whoever it was he was after. And and the idea of you're putting the face of a character that we typically see as a good person and the, the hero, and now you're saying, no, he's a perverted, corrupted version of that, and now he's going to be the evil one. That's That that messes with my head. The way this is done, it's like Roadrunner and Coyote, where every time they get even like they, they get a bead on him, right. then boom, he's off to the next reality, and then the other He-Men are trying to figure this out. And this is a huge part of why, for me, this story, it's it's buckling even more under its own weight because we finally get the reveal of who we're supposed to be rooting for. Right. And I know that was obvious to some, 
But the way this is written, he's not given enough time for me to give a crap about him when he finally steps up in this issue. Right. And I'm like, I I gave more of a crap <laughs> about all the other incarnations of He-Man leading up to this issue than I did about Keldor. Right. <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah, and here here in a moment here, we see that, yes, Keldor is truly the star of the series, um, for whatever reason. Unbeknownst to us. Uh, <laughs> because, and, and this is kind of on uh, 87 movie He-Man, which here again, just like the last issue, he's showing some faults. He's showing, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if this would have happened whether or not, but it starts with their travel. They get to the bowels of Castle Grayskull, and 87 movie tries to make Skeletor turn back and Skeletor's not having it. He's, he's so close to power. He's going to take it for his own and go back home and bring an army, which has always been his motivation. Um, and so they get into a fight here where 87 gets blasted pretty bad. Uh, Keldor is surprised that Skeletor turned on him. And I, I did like this, this line from, uh, Skeletor. He goes, you sought some humanity in me, Prince, some connection that we might share. A reason to trust me, foolish child. <laughs> yeah, I did like that, and, uh, and it's, my my son now is using me as his personal highway yeah, for his car. I didn't see um, that. <laughs> I looked up, but yeah, I like yeah. that. They, this is what I wanted in the last issue, where it's a Skeletor that's not rooted in Keldor. Hello. So how does that change things? And he's like, yeah, basically, I saw you trusted me, so I used you. Um, yeah, I like great. that. That would be Skeletor. Right. That would be mini comic Skeletor to me. So that works. But then that pisses Keldor off so much that he just blasts him. He finally, and here we go. Here's another step of Keldor becoming Skeletor. He finally just unleashes this wave of magic that just knocks Skeletor on his butt, takes him out. So now mm-hmm. we've got the half face, we've got the magic, you know, how cl- how much closer is he to be being a full-fledged Skeletor, you know? Um, but at the same time, unfortunately, <coughs> 87 was uh was mortally wounded here. He was injured, he is uh infected with dark magic by Skeletor and he passes, so you were right, Sean. 87 did not make it. I, I don't know if we said... I think we said it on the show, but we at least said in private whether we thought... I thought he would make it. I thought this mm-hmm. was going to be 87 to the end, but... And this one hit well, This one hit me. This one, I'm like, come on, he made it this far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, I, I really wish they could have had it where last issue he would have bought yeah. it. That would have been a hell of a, you know, talk about a blaze of glory for him to be right. just like he's done. He grabs a star seed and it's just like, I'm going to beat you into submission and atomize you because of what you've done. And instead, it's like he gets it's almost like he gets killed with a whimper yeah. in this issue. And it makes sense because I like that there's an element of the uh, Julie deal yeah. with uh, the 87 sure. movie with Skeletor using his sorcery honor and all that stuff and the fact that he ends up getting killed not with a similar curse but just you know he gets killed similarly in that way but yeah there is an element of well crap now what and i like that even when when um when keldor finally starts losing it here i like that he he goes i don't have a key to get my way back home and now the one he-man i had left is dead 
And he's just like, it's the whole, you know, I got nothing left. I'm throwing the kitchen right. sink into this now. You know? And right, right before we get to that, I did want to say, uh, 87's dying words, um, which I, th- oh, I yeah, think is yeah, a little, yeah. little foreboding here. Uh, he goes, Keldor, I knew, I always knew. Wildor was wrong. A Skeletor can never stop anti. You, you need a He-Man. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Um, and then Keldor uh, just goes off on Anti-Eternia. They get into this big battle. And this is what I was thinking of a minute ago. This is where he starts talking about, you know, you enslaved my world. You let us live just to suffer. You killed my brother's mm-hmm. wife. You... I am a Negro Montoya. You have killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> Prepare to die. Um, yes. <laughs> and this is a nice, another nice battle here. And that's what I'll give this issue. It had the action scenes finally, you know. Yeah. Um. And and they're just going at it. Um. So and it says you know anti He Man had what he came for. He had the power. Now he's just got to get back to Castle Hellskull. And Keldor gives it all is all here. To try and stop him. Yeah. Um, I like that a lot. And for some reason, and for some reason, he's, and this is where I got confused because did he pull the completed two halves back out from his, cause he's got two swords here, anti does. Mm hmm. But the one he's hold, he's got the black one that's his, and then he's got a gray one. But he already combined the gray half with his Hellskull sword before. So what's this other power sword he's got here? I figured it was the mini comics power sword. And that's just, yeah, I I think it's both halves together and he's just using them. But I, but then why did he combine one half earlier? Like that's see what I'm saying about the power swords. Like they were really weird in this issue. Well, and okay, there, there's the old, uh, and this is because I'm going through them at night. Sure. The one golden book, um, where Skeletor actually gets into Grayskull. I can't remember. Is it the Sword of Skeletor? I want to say it's the Sword of Skeletor. He got, where he, he got gets into the him swords. In, most of them in those early ones. And so he, he gets in, <laughs> and, and there's like the whole He Man gets thrown into the dungeon, has to fight Beast Man, yeah. throws Beast Man out of the dungeon, gets his way out of there. And then they have a fight where Skeletor is about to open up the door that unlocks all the power and knowledge. And He-Man has to have the confrontation right there at the vault door and all that. And so in that sequence, you see Skeletor grab one half of the sword, but it looks like he should have just grabbed the whole entire sword out of it. Yeah. In that, the way that was set up and drawn. And I, that's why I've always had that logic about it, even as a kid, because of that panel. Mm. So in this, I'm just like, oh, it's probably both halves of the sword. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, like I said, it just it's it's really weird sequence of events, and uh, and that power sword again is drawn sloppily here. It almost looks like the Eternity War power sword. To be honest with you, it's got those little longer hilt guards in this. Uh, yeah, in this shot here where he's holding it, but yeah, sl- I sloppy actually power thought swords. it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I thought at points they were actually trying to do the swords on the flag. Yeah, of of Grayskull. Here Maybe. and there, there were moments where I'm like, it looks like he he thought I should do that one, and then it turned out no, I need to do the yeah. other one. But he never really reversed. You know, he didn't reverse course yeah. once he started down. Or maybe that they're road. saying once it's combined, then it looks like the 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 flag swords more like. 
I I yeah. don't even know. There there are a lot of questions we have, obviously, and I don't think we're ever going to get proper answers to them because I, I think this do. is – it's like, like I said the last issue. There's this feeling – the last episode when we covered it. There's this feeling to me of this is an island in a chain of islands that won't be connected and then we're going to go into something else yeah. after this is over and go, then why did we just have that many series yeah. take place or whatever? Yeah. So, but we'll see. So they're fighting. We'll they're both pissed off at each other. Tila's coming up to help, and poof, choom, whatever sound effect you want to use, they're both gone. Um, mm-hmm. Leaving her to clean up the mess. And then we get to the final pages here. And I actually like this. I liked these two pages here. Um, finally getting to see the full force of Anti-Eternia. So we go back to, to Anti-Eternia here. King Randor's on top of Night Stalker with Screech, and he's getting he's he's getting his forces ready uh to attack Castle Hellskull. He's he says, you know, my brother's been missing for what, days, weeks? Oh god, I closed it up. Uh yeah, uh he's, he's like yeah. and King Randor's have it here, Anti-Eternia King Randor. Uh very MYP armor here. Um, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, we're, we're fine. Well, this is it. We're fine. I've lost enough. We're taking it back. And he's, he's getting his forces ready to attack Hellskull. You got red beast there. You got all the, all the evil warriors, basically, uh, Ninjor in a neat color scheme, trap jaw, evil Lynn, but they're all very, they're all colored. Very good. Lots of, uh, greens and oranges and very eternal scarred, uh, motifs going on here. Um, you know, Evelyn is is a little friendlier looking. Uh, what do you think about our heroic evil warriors here? I think it's fun every time they show them, yeah. which has only been two issues now, and yeah, it's it's the craziest thing to think everybody that you think are going to be the ones who are going to cause trouble are the ones that are going to actually go in and right. stop the trouble in this case. And uh, I, I will say that final uh, panel on the second to last yeah. page, yeah. All, all that I hear in my head w- with uh, with that opening and the glow was yeah. turn around. <laughs> it just there's an element yeah. of that that freaks me out to this day. Yeah. That, that that angelic looking demonic face. It just ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then and then when we get to see the next page and how yeah. it all works out, that opens more questions than it yeah. does me feeling like we're going to have a final solution. This <laughs> is the ending of six issues. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So we have, we have, we have, uh, Keldor is, is inside castle hell skull. Uh, he, he's confused. You know, where am I? And he, he goes, Oh, what is this? God's above and below. I have, Half a power sword, so that that kind of yeah. answers that question a second ago. That that's only half a power sword. No, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot uh, about that. But here again, it should be the dark half, not the light half. But whatever. Um, and then all of the the anti heroic warriors are there, and you get this great shot of Stratos, Man at Arms, Clamp Champ, Tila, Buzz Off, uh, Manny Faces. Cyclone Fisto, I think, in the back, and then Orko, all in the black-red anti-color scheme. Um, mm-hmm. And they're already, they have they say, we have universes to enslave. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and, and that's it. 
That's that's yeah. the issue. That is the issue. So, you know, I, I, whew, whew. Now here's my thing. So, or eighty-seven He-Man said that line about how you need a He-Man, and Keldor's mm-hmm. left with half a power sword here. So, how much you want to bet in the next issue? We're gonna see Prince Keldor say by the power of Grayskull. At this point, I'm going to say it's definitely even odds in this, and and that's kind of where I'm like, I don't I, I don't I know don't how know I would think of that. Yeah, yet. I don't like, know if I like it or not. Yeah, but I have a feeling that's where they're going with this: is that Keldor actually needs to become a He-Man, that they need a Skeletor per se to completely give himself to the forces of good. Um. And I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I, I feel about that. This this issue for me is like uh, there's a lot of people that don't like the Last Jedi. Yeah, and this issue for me was the Last Jedi of Masters <laughs> with this because like everything that I thought was coming a mile away is now not what is on the table at all. So I've got to give Tim Seeley credit for it wasn't going exactly how I was expecting it to. Right. But then there was an element of. I don't really know if I like where it went though, right. because and it's not because my version's better, but it's it's very much in this whole like he didn't build up the Keldor character to make me give a crap. Like right. uh, the first issue not is like pretty much the only. Well, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> like the, it's it's like I said, it's broad strokes, mm-hmm. and and in this case, like Keldor to me is still somebody that I don't care about, and um. I don't yeah. know. I, I I feel like there are still a few He-Men that he could draw upon to go, I need your help, but does it matter anymore at this point? Like, it, it probably right. will be Keldor getting, Keldor finally doing By the Power of Grayskull, giving himself into good. But I don't like that as much. I don't know. I, I'm not saying our stories are better, but I don't like that as much as what we've already spitballed. Like, there are yeah. better ways. If I can think of better ways, in my opinion, I think Tim Seeley could have. And we can't really say for sure because we don't know where it's going. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it's there are a lot of ish, moments in this issue I liked. And then there were some that were just like, eh, I like seeing. And I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of excited to be going to this anti-universe for the final issue. It kind of makes sense, even though it hadn't crossed my mind before. Yeah, it um, didn't cross mine either. I, I, I. I don't know if I like it or not, but I, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Um, I will, I'll say again, the whole thing needed to be longer. This is, this is a maxi series, not a mini series. Well, it, the the best way I can draw a parallel to something that it works versus it doesn't here is Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like if you look at Frodo, Frodo is going through a hell of a lot through those. That, that movie series, that story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you can get these moments where you see Frodo is really getting taxed. He's really, right. really emotionally just screwed in a lot right. of this stuff. And there's not a whole lot of this for, for how crazy and big this story has gotten to this issue. There isn't really a moment of that for me where I'm looking at it going, well, crap, I feel like... Keldor's probably in danger or something. It's like, it all just feels kind of like Keldor's an afterthought, and now we have to 
root for this guy, and I really would rather be rooting for 2000X. I'd rather be rooting for mini comics. I'd rather have filmation, you know? Yeah, I really thought and, that 87 was going to end up being like the big, you know, He-Man of this story. I, I thought so, too. I agree. So, you know, like, I'm, I'm just... Here, here's another question. Sure. I love questions. <sighs> well, it's, it's me just sitting here going, <laughs> up until this moment, Mm-hmm. The anti-attorney stuff with the fi- the characters themselves. Yeah, it doesn't make them any more powerful than the typical version of them, or is it that they are more powerful and that makes them even more formidable than if they were their normal selves? If they ha- if they have the anti sure. whatever it is that makes them the black and red versions of themselves. Because, I, go go ahead. I would say they they are more they're they're more of a threat than normal because they will not hold back. It's okay, so that it's, it's like a zombie virus to them. It's a, in a zombie. Sense. Well, it, whenever, it, it, okay, like take whenever Superman gets you know enslaved by Darkseid or whatever. And All he right. becomes more deadly because he's not holding back. He has no, you know, he has no restraints on himself. It's All not right. that he becomes more powerful. It's just he doesn't give a shit. So gotcha. he doesn't care if anybody dies. He doesn't care if he wipes out half a city block to accomplish his task. Mm-hmm. So in that case, if you take these men, like Cyclone, Cyclone's a literal tsunami of power. If he wasn't trying to not hurt innocents or not hurt bystanders or even just to take, you know, the evil warriors to justice rather than kill them, if he wanted to, he could wipe out the entire coast of Eternia in, the, in an afternoon. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't because it's his humanity, his, his heroicness that holds those powers in check. Gotcha. So now you take well, those same powers and make them evil and he don't give a crap. So, yes, he's he's... All right. He's not more powerful, but he's more deadly. He's more See, of that's, a threat. That, and and here's more of a threat too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but that's that's kind of the the thing. They haven't quantified that. No, they haven't. And that's a huge huge misstep for me in the story. Like, okay, what does it mean when somebody gets the anti this? You know. Right. And and so far it means that they're going to look like the Venom version of sure. T-Man or Teela or what, you know, like they're a negative version of them. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. does it increase their strength? Does it increase yeah. this or that? It, it increases their bloodlust. It increases their right. uh, wanting to slay, enslave other races and, 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 and turn them into like-minded yeah. beings or, or wipe them out. That's but that's I pretty much it. all you got, mm-hmm. you know, and – so there's an element of that where that never was addressed because I kept thinking through this whole story, He-Man had more power than normal because this thing was dealing with him on top of all this stuff. Well, you could take it now, like that's just for regular, like they look into the orb of the orb of hell or whatever it was, orb of horror. But I think now they probably are amped up because He-Man has anti-He-Man has all the powers of Grayskull mm-hmm. now. So now we're talking, I think, more of a Jet Li the One type situation where it's like, okay, he amassed all this power from the different universes and it's all ours now to tap into. And so now they probably are at the end of this five issues. They probably are more powerful 
because anti-he-man's brought back the powers of Grayskull. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of multiplying them. Because now they're okay. going from, we're going to enslave anti-Eternia to we're going to enslave the universes. Like, everything's ours now. It's, yeah. it's God Skeletor at the 87 movie on steroids. You know? Mm-hmm. So. But, uh, so ranking. Ranking for issue five. Um, it's mid range for me at this point. I'd say I'd probably like it a little better than the last issue only because last issue, my moment probably was the yeah. uh, 87 going toe to toe with, uh, with, uh, anti. Yeah. And like, I, it, like you said, he was he man at the beginning of the issue and then boom, we had Adam the entire rest of the issue. Yeah. So the nostalgia <laughs> with that for me just kind of fell flat because I I signed up for He-Man. I didn't sign up to see Adam doing right. this stuff. Um, so I'd say it's probably my, as crazy as it sounds, it's probably my second favorite issue out of the issues they've done to this point with uh, 2000X still being the first favorite because that one to me was yeah. a so much more concise story from beginning to end out of most of these issues. Yeah, I'm right there. So I, I this is my second favorite issue out of the series. My first is 2000X. Then this one, and then the first issue, mm-hmm. um, and then filmation, and then new adventures. Like, yeah. uh, honest, honestly, over if uh, I'm still holding at a five, I'm gonna hold at a five for the whole series just because I have to see this final issue because it's been so up and down. But this is definitely on the higher range of it. I enjoyed it for the most part, sloppy drawings aside, and a little bit yeah. of story confusion, but that's just. That's just the problem with the series. It should that should be the tagline. He Man and the Masters of the Multiverse. It should have been a maxi series like that. <laughs> uh, that's that's the biggest thing holding it back. I if you broke this down again into into the beats, you know, the story guide format where they're just yeah. listing the beats, I'd go, my God, you got a winner here! Like this is gonna rock, and but mm-hmm. the execution is just not there for me. Yeah, I agreed. Um, I are you excited for the next issue, or are you more like, okay, we're done finally. Once we get the next issue, is the question. I I am excited and I am full of dread, and uh-huh. I am ready for it to be over. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, hi. It's it's all of the above for me. I just I do I want it to end finally. As there's a part of that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's going to be a big drag-out battle at the end here. So I think mm-hmm. that's going to be cool, seeing the anti-forces go against each other. And maybe even some universe hopping still, because they do mention universes still. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But uh, the only thing I'm fearful for is that we're not going to get all the answers we need. And I know Lil oh, yeah. Savarna agrees with me. I can tell by his face. Can you say yeah? Yeah. Yep, yeah, see? I knew it! <laughs> He, he's like, he's the little Prince Adam. I mean, just look at him. He looks like 2000X Prince yeah, Adam when he was a little there. boy. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Now, so, I, I think I, I'm going to like, I'm actually more dreading the last issue because <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm not, I'm not as like into this as I wish I could have been leading yeah. into this sixth issue because it, it's been, it's been a heck, it, it's been a, as some people write in their yearbooks, it's been a long, weird, <laughs> crazy ride. And that's basically what this story is to me at this point. Right. Um, 
And I, I'm going to actually go on the record and say I wish they would have done it where they just told the He-Men from the different realities yeah. and brought them all together like Spider-Verse. It's because true. that might have actually helped with the characterization yeah. instead of – I mean like every issue. I said it last uh, episode. Every issue, we're going back to – we're establishing the world. Here's this. Here's that. Here, And it's like that makes you actually feel yeah. – that the He-Man in that reality is your protagonist. Exactly. And then when they die, you're like, well, crap, now I'm left with the guy who's not doing a whole hell of a lot, which is Keldor, you yeah. know? And um, Like I said... It, it's, yeah. it's a weird story to me in that way. The fact that they used Keldor, a previously unexisting character, the Prince Keldor, the anti-Eternia version, as your main character is bothersome because we have all these He-Men that we've grown up with, that we love, that we hate... Um, I still say they should still should have jumped worlds, but they should have been collecting He-Man along the way. Like the army should have been growing throughout this whole thing. And mm-hmm. by now there should be like, even if you lost some along the way, which is still could be compelling if done right, you could still have like a group of three to four He-Men ready to go up against Castle Hellskull right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think would have been better. Just, just a better. And like I said last. Like, if the whole idea was to find the Star Seed and they collected He-Man along the way while while Anti-Eternia was collecting the powers of Grayskull, like, that that would have been a tighter story. That would have been a more cohesive story, and that's what we needed in this, is a better, solid storyline. Give us an ABC. They're doing this to do this, and then they do this. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, but we got what we got, and we've got one issue left to see if they can wrap it up in a at least in, in a satisfactory manner. <laughs> we shall see. We shall I, see. <laughs> I, I do want to give props though. Uh, like there, the, one of the things I really liked in this issue was when, uh, when mini comic team, I forgot to bring it up earlier, mm-hmm. mini comic team man fighting anti-Eternia. Mm-hmm. And I like that there is a moment where Keldor is saying to him, this isn't going to dictate morals. This isn't this. Oh, this yeah. is, he's like, this is the legit, we're going for it kind of thing. And when, he, when I read that part, later. yeah. And when I read that, it made me yeah. go like, yeah. Because like, as a fan of that era, it was so thrilling. And then um, the the one thing that drove me crazy is there are two yes in the issue. There are. And they make no made, sense even though ex- – that yeah. and on top of that, it made me go. Don't tell me that this is your way of saying Keldor is going over to the dark yeah. side because yeah, was never a thing yeah. until recently, and that drove me nuts at too. Le- like, at least, at least they're not using the M spe- spelling that meow like the gangster does. Exactly. They did use the N, but what people don't understand, it, and I guess I've never gotten confirmation on this, but I think what they're going for is that <laughs> is that. <laughs> That, that scream, whenever Filmation Skeletor would be, like, thrown through the air or something by yeah. He-Man or She-Ra, he'd do that, Rah! Yeah. Like, like, oh, my God, I'm being thrown through the air. But for some reason, everyone's taking that to be like, oh, yeah, he just says that, like, randomly. Like, he's like a Pokemon that just is like, Charmander, Charmander. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. no, he he doesn't just say it. It's, it's his, it, Skeletor had a unique scream and I think that's the noise that everyone's taken as meow or nia. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, he doesn't just say it as he's casting spells. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, <sighs> anyway. I'm tired. Uh, I'm exhausted too. from this issue. It, these, <laughs> these issues just wear me out. I mean, at least I'm not standing on the concrete basement yeah. floor right yeah. now to do it. But still, like, just wrapping my head around this stuff. It's like, yeah, I need a nap. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens in a month. We'll go from there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so so this will be our, our one episode this week. Um, just time constraints with the kids being home and everything. Um, As you I, can see with one crawling all <laughs> over me. <laughs> I'm glad Sean made the time. I know I'm sorry, Sean. We went a little bit longer than you wanted to. Um, uh, one quick announcement here to go along with my like, subscribe, and share spiel. Um, I did get, pick up a couple things here. They were shiny and new. Um, the, the spring convention exclusives for Funko, I got the Triclops pop and the slime pit He-Man pop. And, <laughs> um, but, which, which now did you, do you want to tell them oh, yeah. uh, about that? Yeah. Well, now that, <laughs> now that I've got the, the translucent pop in my hand here, like he looks so cool. Now I'm really jonesing to get the classics, uh, slime pit He-Man Pop because yep. if this guy looks this cool in the translucent plastic, I can only imagine what the 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 classics version looks like. But he was just looking. I stopped into my GameStop. I'm like, they usually never have anything, but mm-hmm. uh, they did, and he looked too cool to leave on the shelf. Um, he looks identical to what you're gonna get for a yeah. classics because I got mine downstairs and. And really, that's I, what you get. Yeah. I can't even get the light to hit it right on the camera. But yeah, just that glowing thing in there is pretty cool. But the announcement is, is actually I have an extra one of each of these. Oh. So, everyone out there, like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel because in a cup, yeah, I, I don't have a firm date. But we're gonna, I'm going to be giving these away to one of our loyal listeners. Um, and I'm going to do something with our subscribers. So please subscribe so that you get entered. In a couple weeks here, I will give, uh, I'll give a slime pit to one person and a triclops to another listener. Um, nice. but you got to be a subscriber to be eligible. So we're sitting, we're sitting about, uh, 23, 25 subscribers. I'm not really sure right now. Uh, so really good odds right now, guys. Jump on in. There you go. <laughs> and uh, you'll be entered automatically to win one of these. Um, so, yeah. So, like, share, subscribe. Ring the bell down below so you know yep. when we're premiering a new episode. Uh, Sean, you got anything? Um, the only other thing. <laughs> My son wants to go play Mario. Uh, uh, the yes, only other let's thing go. is... Um, <laughs> Uh, did you want to share the the big event, or do you want to wait on that one? We'll wait. We'll wait. Okay. We'll do, I got so, we'll, do it. Uh, we'll wait. Yeah, Probably that's next pretty week. much it then. So, uh, hey, Hayden. Yeah, you got to give him to say it with you. I'll come go, here. I'll go first, and I'll let the Skavarna boys wrap it up. <laughs> uh, we want to thank right, everybody here. for listening. Hold on. And <laughs> until next time. Say, until next time. Until next time. Oops, hold on. There you say, say it again. Until next time. Great. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) All right, guys. Take care.